Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How are you guys doing tonight? You came on a great night. Some of you may not know this, but tonight is Shredder service. It's normally Shredder Sunday, but now it's Shredder service because we're doing it on a Wednesday. Raise your hand if you've never been here for a Shredder service. Oh boy, all right, come on, there's a lot of you. All right, this is gonna be good. We're gonna have a great time tonight. So on your seats, you should see a little card, a piece of paper that says Shredder service. What does it say on the Shredder Sunday, Shredder service, something like that. Shredder Wednesday, perfect, appropriate. Appropriate Shredder Wednesday. So this is, this is the last service of the year, and, uh, and what we want to do with this is we want to take a, a moment, take some time to, uh, to give some things to God that we don't want to carry into the next year. So anything maybe that you've been walking with that you've been carrying this year, or, or maybe even for your whole life, that you're ready to be rid of, some things that have just been hanging around too long, some things that, that have kind of this, this sticky effect and you've like tried to get it off you, but for whatever reason, it just finds a way back. Anybody ever experienced stuff like that? You try and move past something and then you find yourself walking in a circle right back into that same thing. Well, it's time to get off the hamster wheel. It's time to get out of that circle. It's time to move past those old things and like those people that got baptized tonight, you put off the old and you walk in, you step in into something new. Well, we want to step into 2023 and make it 2020 free. 2020 free of sickness, 2020 free of disease, 2020 free of debt, 2020 free of poverty, 2020 free of addiction, 2020 free of anything that is hindering you from living an abundant life in Jesus Christ. He wants us to live abundant life. In fact, he died for us to live an abundant life. So if there's negative words that have been spoken over you, maybe even curses that have been spoken over you or, or your family, if there's limitations that you've put on yourself or other people have put on you, maybe you've had bad reports or, or high schoolers a bad report card, we'll shred those grades, we'll get new grades in 2020 free, amen? Maybe there's some terminal diagnosis, some eviction threats, Maybe there's custody rulings, divorce proceedings, anything that you're wrestling with right now that does not have the signature of God, write it down on that card. At the end of the service, we have some shredders down here. I'm going to pray for everybody, and then you're going to have a, an opportunity to come down and drop that thing into the shredder. Now, there's nothing magical about the shredders, but there is something significant about you putting these things down onto this paper and then releasing it to God. You're giving these things to God. Maybe, maybe we've tried for too long to, to do it in our own strength, our own power. Maybe we've tried, tried in our own power to, to get rid of these things, and those are the things that we find that we keep walking in, that we keep stepping into, like a, like a pothole that, that is just right out of our neighborhood. And every time we make this turn, we, we forget about it, it's early in the morning, and then bam, we hit the pothole again. Bam, we hit the pothole again. And it's like, why won't somebody just fix this? Why won't somebody just, just repair this? Don't we, don't we pay all this money in taxes? Like, shouldn't somebody come and fix this thing? There's some things that are, that are out of our control that, that we, can't, 
we can't really do anything about it. We can try and avoid it, but, but it's right in our path every single day, every single week, every time we, we go out. These things are right in our path, and, and it's just so hard for us to, to, to deviate our course. It's so hard for us to avoid it. Those are the things that you're going to write down, the things that you can't avoid in your own strength. Any amount of trying, any amount of doing in your own power, it just doesn't seem to have an effect. Bitter resentments, unforgiveness, negative confessions. I want you to, I want you to, to take this service, the, the next 15 minutes that we have, and throughout, throughout this message, just, just pour, out, pour out the parts of you that you're not happy about. Pour onto this paper the things that that you need God to, to intervene in because they're, they're limitations in your life. You know that you're supposed to run free. You know that you're supposed to, to be powerful. You know that you're supposed to do these amazing things with God and, and, and there's just these things that are, that are hindrances, that are nuisances, that are burdens, that are keeping you from running effectively. So I want, you to write, I want you to write as many things as you can think of, as many things on there that, that come to mind. And if you're married and you run out of ideas, then give it to your spouse. They'll fill it up for you. Don't worry. If you're not married, give it to your best friend, and they'll fill it up for you. There's a few things that, that we can't see. There's a few burdens. There's a few blind spots that we have that are limiting us, but we don't know it. We don't know that we have this this thing like attached to our back and whenever we turn we just always feel that there's this tug but we don't know where it's coming from and we can't quite get around to unlatch it. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to be isolated. We need people to help us. But we don't need to be flipping about it. There may be some very sensitive things that, that you'd like to write down. Nobody's going to look at these papers Somebody's going to be up here to say a quick prayer over you, but you're just going to take it and put it in the shredder and be done with it. But maybe there's some things that, that you need to share with somebody. You need to, you need to have some, some support, some strength. You need that, that really close, trusted friend to, to walk with you through this. Maybe even walk up here with you, to be up here with you when you, when you say that prayer and, and you let go of that thing. And it's, it's not really about accountability. It's just about relationship. We don't, sometimes we don't, we don't, I don't know, a, lot, a lot's been said about having an accountability partner and keep you on track. And, and those, are, those are good things. But sometimes you just need a friend. You just need somebody to, to walk with you, to hold your hand, to be there when you, when you make those tough decisions. When you have to do the things that, that you've been trying so long to do and you just can't seem to do it on your own and and if, if, if you're in that place, then, then bring somebody up, there, up here with you. But tonight, I, I, wanna, I wanna just focus on one thing. I wanna focus on one thing. You're gonna write down many things, but I want you to focus on one thing. The title of this message is The Big Rock. The Big Rock. What is the big rock? The big rock is different for every single one of us. We all have a big rock in our life. That's the, the main thing. The main hindrance, that, that one thing that, that as soon as I started talking about shredder service, as soon as I started talking about writing stuff down, it popped right to the front of your head. It's the, it's the thing that is limiting you, hindering you the most from living a free life. It's the thing that's, that's keeping you held back. It's the thing that, that God has been working on with you 
to remove. What is the big rock? Everyone has a big rock. And, and the truth is that we have lots of rocks, but, but there's one that's the biggest. And once you handle the biggest, then there'll be a new biggest. But it's going to be smaller than the biggest one. And you just keep going and going and going, rock by rock by rock, size by size by size, until you, until you get down to just pebbles. And um, the pebbles will always be there. Don't worry about the pebbles. You're rising above the pebbles. But it's the rocks that we're talking about. The rocks, the things that, that are, are really limitations, the things that, that are, are, you actually have to take energy, you have to take time to avoid it to get around it. Those are the things that we want to shred. Those are the things that, that we really need to, to move past. And there's one rock, there's one rock that every single one of us has to deal with. Maybe it's the big rock for you, but maybe it's not. Maybe you've already dealt with this big rock and, and you're moving on to other little rocks, but then this rock might come back around in your path. And the truth is that it's probably gonna come back into our path today. Maybe during this message, you might find this rock. Maybe in uh, the rest of this year, what short little time there is, you might find this rock again. Luke 17, one to four. Then he, Jesus, said to the disciples, it is impossible, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. There's a lot in there. There's a lot to unpack in those, in those four verses. So we're just going to start with the first half of the first verse. It's impossible that offenses should not come. Offenses are going to happen. Offenses are, are rocks. Offenses are stumbling blocks. Offenses are things that trip us up. And, and almost every single day we have an opportunity to get offended. But just because you're given an opportunity to be offended doesn't mean you have to take it. You don't have to take the offense. You don't have to take that opportunity. But we all have to deal with it. Now, I want to make a quick distinction between being offended and being annoyed. Being annoyed is like those little pebbles I was talking about. It's annoying when my kids ask the same question over and 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 over again. And I give them the same answer every time. Why do they keep asking? I give them the same answer. Because they're not getting the answer they want. <laughs> they want a better answer. They want a more favorable answer for them. So they keep asking. My wife get annoyed, gets annoyed when I ask her questions when uh, she's trying to go to sleep. It's annoying to her. She says something like, it's 9.30, my brain is turned off, don't turn it on again. <laughs> In fact, she doesn't want me to turn anything on when she's trying to go to sleep. Not the TV, not other things. <laughs> oh, now she's getting annoyed again. <laughs> or embarrassed. The difference between embarrassed and annoyed is how many people are in the room. She's right on the line right now. Great. Now I'm not going to turn anything on tonight. Everybody gets annoyed about something. Jake, what annoys you? He's not saying. Everybody gets annoyed about something. I get annoyed when arrogant people win. I don't, I don't like it when arrogant people win. That bothers me. That annoys me. It doesn't offend me, but it annoys me. It annoys me. I get really annoyed when Christians vote for candidates who believe they should push abortion forward. That really annoys me. Borderline offends me. 
I think that those, those Christians should do a deep, di- deep dive in Luke 17 too. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Just saying, it's worth a read. In the, in the Old Testament, offense has, has many, many words that are associated with it. Asham, guilty. Hata, sin. Pesha, crime. Dambe, bloodshed. Guilty, sin, crime, bloodshed. I think we'd all agree that those are words that kind of rise above the level of annoying. That's, that's pretty significant. Offense is, is pretty significant. So the first thing that we have to do to, to shred the big rock of offense is we have to shred sin. Shredding sin. So how can we start this process? Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the life of faith. Let that sink in for a minute. We're surrounded by a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You can ask any distance runner that, that is, especially competitive ones, they, they, they work really hard to, to shred every ounce of weight on their body. They, they buy special clothes, they buy especially good shoes that are super lightweight because they know that over a long distance, over especially a marathon or, or longer, every ounce of weight that you're carrying has a, has a bigger and has a deeper impact the longer that you go. The more that you go, you're, you're carrying all of that weight with you. Well, that, well, tonight is about removing some of that weight. We're, we're running a race of endurance. This isn't a sprint. This isn't even a marathon. This is a lifelong race, a lifelong race that we're called to run. So every ounce of weight, every ounce of sin, every ounce of stumbling block, every ounce of anything that is slowing you down or hindering your ability to run that race the way that God wants you to, that's what you put on the card. That's what you shred tonight. And you don't have to pick it up again. We do this, how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. There's some things that we only need Jesus for. There's some things that, that we need help, that God has given us family, he's given us friends, he's given us people to walk with, but there's some things that we only need Jesus for. To shred sin, we only need Jesus. Just Jesus. Isaiah 44, 22. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. He has swept away all of our offenses, all of our sin. Anything that would have separated us from the love of God is gone in an instant. In an instant, we can be free from any sin. In an instant, we can live unburdened by the weight of sin. One of those words for for offense, asham, is where we get ashamed. The, The shame that we feel when we sin, the guilt that we feel, that separates us from the love of God. But in an instant, we can be free from it when we bring it to him. Living in freedom is to to eliminate the offenses that we have created a separation from God in our life with. We need to live free. 
Because the truth is, sin leads to judgment. Sin inevitably leads to judgment because of the law, because of the order of things. If you commit a crime and you get caught, you will be judged. There will be a judgment. If we sin, then we're separated from the love of God. If we sin, then there's a judgment attached to that sin. And, and without Christ, it's attached to us. When we sin, there's a judgment attached to the sin. And without Christ, that sin is attached to us. It's on our account. But the most amazing thing happens when we give our life to Christ. It says that his blood has washed us white as snow. So now that judgment, which was supposed to be on us, which was supposed to be attached to us, but, but really we find that, that it's attached to the sin. And even though we committed the sin, when we're connected to Christ, that sin has no place to land on us. The judgment that is attached to the sin has, has nowhere to go on us because Jesus took every single sin, every single judgment, he became sin. The whole world of sin, all eternity of sin went on to him for anybody who receives the gift, that free gift of grace, that connection to him. So I want you to, on this card, write down any offenses that you have against God. Write down any sin in your life. And again, you don't have to show this to anybody. This is between you and God, but there's something powerful about, about physically writing it out. You're not just keeping it locked in your mind. You're not just keeping it hidden away. When we, when we do a physical action, a work, that is connected to faith, then there's a power attached to it. Our faith and our works bring us closer to Christ. We're saved by faith. We have that salvation. But if we can work it out, if we work out our faith in this life, if we work out our mistakes, if we work out the problems, if we work out these stumbling blocks, then we'll find that we have greater authority, we have greater impact, we have greater power in this life. Once we get to heaven, everything's good. There's nothing else that we need to do. There's no more working that we can do in heaven. There's, there's no one else that we can reach once we're in heaven. But here in this life, our life can be a testimony. And when we operate, when we work from a standpoint of faith, from a, a basis of faith in love, then we can be a testimony and a testament for other people. Other people can look at our life. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ that we're called to live above the, the, the pebbles of life. We're called to live above even the rocks of life. We're called to live above these problems. But we have to get right with God first. We have to release these sins that have been keeping us down. That's dealing with the offenses that we have with God, but there's also offenses that we can carry with each other. And I don't have time to read the story, but in uh, 1 Samuel 25, there's a really powerful story about David and a man named Nabal and his wife Abigail. And to summarize, David, David was offended by this man. This man uh, had, had been growing very wealthy under the protection of David and his men, and, and David came in and sent his men in to ask for some food, and Nabal turned him down. 
And, um, and Abigail, it says, was a sensible and a beautiful woman. And she wasn't around to, to see this ex- exchange, this encounter. But servants came to her and they told her what had happened. And, and she knew that uh, there could be offense. She knew that, that David could re- take retribution. And, uh, and sure enough, David and his men were going to come and they were going to slaughter every single man in the entire household. The entire family of Nabal would have been wiped out. But Abigail, in her, in her intuition, she, she took an offering, she took of this food, she took and she ran to meet David and she bowed down before him and, and she said, please put this offense on me. Don't take this out, don't carry out your vengeance. Not, not even for Nabal's sake, not even for the family's sake, but she didn't wanna see David sin. She didn't wanna see David take vengeance into his own hand. And because of that act, because of her sacrifice and her intuition and her putting the works with her faith, she saved her family. And David didn't have to take vengeance. David didn't have to find retribution for himself. That she was a mediator. She bridged the gap. And then if you, if you read this story, you'll see there's a, a very happy ending for her and David as well. So I encourage you to, to read 1 Samuel 25, the powerful story of Abigail and David and Nabal. Offense in the New Testament has some additional uh, words that, that describe it, exposed, to repu- reprove, to convict. And one word that's, that's used very often is called scandalizo, scandalizo. To cause to stumble, to give offense, to fall away. And the root of that is scandalon, which, which is the part of a trap that's the snare. It's the part of the trap where the bait is attached. So when an animal comes up or a person comes up, whatever it is, and they, they trigger this trap, they're ensnared, they're, they're trapped by it. The second thing that we need to do to, to shred offense is we have to trip the trap. We have to trip the trap. Offense is a trap. And, and there's maybe one, like only one thing that we could do to, to cause this cycle of offense to keep going. If, if Abigail hadn't come to David and David would have killed Nabal out of vengeance, then he would have perpetuated this cycle of, of retribution. He would have perpetuated this cycle of offense. David would have sinned. And, and it's very interesting because the very next chapter, 1 Samuel 26, David is given a second opportunity to take retribution and vengeance on Saul. God delivered Saul into David's hand. He, hand. he snuck into the camp and he was there in Saul's tent with a spear by his head. And, and Abner was with him. And Ab- Abner told David, let me take this spear and end this thing. I will not have to strike twice. Let's put an end to all this chasing. Let's put an end to all this hiding. Let's make you the anointed king. You were anointed by the prophet. You should be king. I wonder if Abigail hadn't done what she had done, if she would allow, had allowed David to, to take vengeance, to take retribution, to wipe out Nabal, and David would have found that, hey, in my own power, in my own strength, I can, I can get vengeance when I've been wronged. I've been offended and I can, in my own strength, in my own power, I can get retribution. If Abigail hadn't done what she did and David would have taken retribution, when David was given the opportunity to kill Saul, would he have thought twice? He said, hey, it worked the first time. If I do it myself, things turn out okay. It might turn out okay for a while. It may seem like it's a, it's a good solution when we, when we take offense and we, and we run with it. We let that cycle of offense just keep going. We let that spiral go out of control and, and I offend them and they offend me and then I offend them and I offend somebody else in the process and the, this cycle just keeps going and going and going. But if we can do what Abigail did, 
if we can intercede, if we can mediate the offense. Maybe the offense is done to us, maybe not. Maybe we're just involved in it. Abigail wasn't anywhere near where the offense happened, but she took it upon herself to stand in between. To take, she said, take, put the offense on me, forgive me for my offense. She had done nothing, but she still mediated. She still stepped into the gap. If there is an offense, one way it can be overcome is through repentance. And we saw this with Abigail. And who should repent? The guilty party should repent, but Nabal wasn't about to. His name literally means fool. He wasn't gonna repent for his offense. He was happy about it. He was celebrating about it. Actually, he was having a party while Abigail was going to make amends, to repent. She was the mediator. What if we're offended? That first verse that I read, Luke 17, verse three, it's echoed again in Matthew 18, 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. The reconciliation, you have won that person back. Can we choose reconciliation instead of vengeance? David was able to choose reconciliation because Abigail repented. She didn't need to, she didn't have to, but she knew it was the right thing to do. Now, if, if you have been offended or, or somebody in your life has been offended and, and there's, a, there's a level of abuse or neglect or especially criminal activity, then you don't have to physically go and reconcile with every single person who's offended you. In, in fact, in, in those cases, it's advisable not to do that. If you've been offended in, in such a severe way, and, and especially if there's litigation and things around it, you don't have to go and, and be face-to-face -face with that person and, and find reconciliation. Reconciliation is, is needed, it is good, but it doesn't have to be physical contact with that person. You can find reconciliation in God. With God, if we trust in Him, we can find reconciliation with any offense, any person that has wronged us. How do we know this? Because Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the ultimate mediator. He's provided the opportunity for reconciliation to every single one of us. So we know that, that Jesus went to the cross, he died on the cross, and, and the cross is a symbol of atonement. All that judgment that I was talking about, it was, it was atoned for on the cross. He became sin, so the cross is a sign of atonement but the sign of reconciliation that Jesus has given us is an empty tomb. The empty tomb is a sign of reconciliation. The stone that was rolled away didn't have to be rolled away for Jesus to come out. In the New Testament, after Jesus rose from the dead, it says that he was transformed, he was transfigured. He could walk through walls, he could just teleport to other places. He would just show up in, in the disciples' living room. He would, they would just find him in, in all kinds of places. So he didn't need the stone to be rolled away to get out of that tomb. But the stone had to be rolled away. The big rock had to be rolled away so that we could see in, so the disciples could see in. It's an opportunity for reconciliation. The stone was rolled away, the big rock was rolled away for every single one of us. Every single one of us has an opportunity to reconcile with Jesus Christ. And through him, we can reconcile with anybody else because we've all been given the same opportunity. We've all been given the same chance.
because the big rock was removed. The public offense of the cross, the public shame of the cross is redeemed for everyone who looks for a risen savior. The angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is alive, he's risen. So the last thing that we need to do when we shred a fence is we need to find forgiveness and freedom. Forgiveness and freedom. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Do you need to write unforgiveness on this piece of paper? Is there anyone that you're, you're harboring unforgiveness against? It's clear, if you don't forgive, then you can't be forgiven. Like I said, you don't necessarily have to go and physically talk to them. Maybe the, the, the gap is too big, maybe the circumstances aren't, aren't appropriate, but you can certainly release forgiveness to them. And it, it may not be a one-time thing. You may have to rehearse it over and over and over again. I forgive this person. I don't hold a grudge. I wish the best for them. I'm praying that God would bless them. If you can get to the place where you say, I'm praying that God would bless a person who has wronged me, then you've forgiven them. And if you're not at that place yet, that's okay. Write it down. Practice forgiveness. Just remember all of the things that he has forgiven us for. Remember all those sins that we wrote down at the start that are, that are wiped away? He's forgiven us. And we have to do likewise. As we come to a close, I want you to, to, to think again, pray again. What else is there? Anything else? We want to shred everything, be rid of everything. Proverbs 17.9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Who are those close friends that, that you are far from, that you're separated from? It brings restoration and freedom. Freedom. Once you've shredded these things, work as hard as you can, pray as hard as you can, to not pick them back up again. Don't, don't, don't go back and try and put all those little pieces together. Don't, don't go back and, and do the same thing. We, we don't want to, to be here at the end of 2023 shredding the same things. We wanna be free from these things. So you have to practice that freedom. You have to walk out that freedom. You have to believe that, that God is gonna do what he can do, but I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I've been called to do. There are things that we've been called to do. One of the things is to not be a stumbling block for others. In this last verse I'm gonna end with, 1 Corinthians 10, 32. Don't give offense to the Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me, I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And like I said before, and you should imitate me, Paul speaking, as I imitate Christ. Are there things that, that we're doing that are a stumbling block for other people. Write that down. It's not just about us finding freedom. It's not just us about, about us getting saved or set free. It's about making sure that we're not, we're not a stumbling block for other people. Now that doesn't mean you, you, know, you go around and try and please everybody or you change who you are called to be just to please them. No, you're, you're called to, to live according to the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. Everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. 
But there's absolutely ways that you, you can do things or you can avoid doing things or you can change how you do things to not be an offense to somebody else. Remember that, that verse at the beginning, but woe to him through offenses come. Better that a millstone is hung around his neck than to offend one of these little ones. So we're gonna, we're gonna close the service now and I'm gonna pray for everybody. And as, I, as I'm praying, just ask, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If there's anything else that you know you need to be free from, if there's anything else that, that you're excited about getting away from, anything else that, that you know that next Sunday when we come around Vision Sunday and, and you're writing down all of these visions for 2023 and, and, and forward, if you know there's some things that, that would stop you from achieving those visions, would stop you from achieving those dreams, then write those things down. This is about creating space for God to do something even more powerful in your life. This is about creating the room for God to, to move in a way that, that maybe he's never moved before. Access to new gifts, access to new abilities. Maybe new dreams, new visions, new things. Maybe you're gonna write some things down on that card today and put it in those shredders. And then, and then when you drive home, God is gonna give you an idea. He's gonna give you a God dream. Maybe when you go to sleep tonight, he's gonna speak to you about something. Maybe when you create this space, when you create an opportunity for God to come in, the Holy Spirit is gonna do something in you that, that blows your wildest dreams out of the water. It says more than we can ask, think, or imagine, God is gonna do that for us. So why don't we do this? I'm gonna pray, and, uh, and I'm gonna pray over everybody, but, but before I, I pray this prayer over these shredder cards, if there's anybody here that hasn't made that personal connection, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to give you an opportunity that in an instant, you can be free from all sin. Any offenses that, that you've done, anything that has separated you from the love of God, in a moment, you can be free of that. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, then you're saved. That's it, full stop, that's all it takes. A belief in the heart, a confession of the mouth, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are saved. Set free from sin, set free from the judgment, set free from anything that would keep you out of heaven. So if that's you, why don't we do this? Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. If I can include you in this prayer to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to give your life fully to him and release all of your sin, release anything that is, has kept you bound, kept you in shame, in guilt, in fear, in condemnation, those aren't from heaven. That's not from God. The devil wants to keep us ashamed. The devil wants to keep us feeling like we're guilty. But in Christ, there is no guilt anymore. So if that's you, if I can include you in that prayer, would you just lift up your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed. Who are those ones that I'm praying for today? See that hand, God bless you, sir. See that hand over there, thank you so much. See that hand, God bless you. See that hand right there, so proud of you. See that hand, sir, thank you so much. Ma'am, thank you so much, see that hand. See that hand, God bless you right there. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I need to close up the service. We're over time a little bit, but I, I don't want to finish without giving you an opportunity. 
Maybe there's some people here today and you know that you need to reconnect with God. Maybe you said a prayer of salvation at one point, but you find that you've drifted away from the path that he has called you to walk on. Who are those ones? I'd like to include you in this prayer. Anybody here today? God bless you. So proud of you. Thank you so much. Anyone else? You'd like to rededicate your life. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. See the hand. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you over there. So good. Let's do this. Everybody who lifted up your hand, everybody in this room, just repeat after me. Save these words. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to atone for my sins. I give my life to him. I declare that heaven is my home and God is my Father. And I will live out my life in a way that honors him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.